you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. Right, we are live. Good morning. Well, it's good Hello. afternoon for you because you're out in Ohio, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. It's noon time for time. you. It's nine o'clock in the morning for yes. us out here. Welcome to the Real Talk Show. We're looking forward to getting to know you a little bit more. Let me get my oh, mic yes, fixed yes. here. Let me get my mic fixed. There we go. We're good. All yes. right. All right, guys. Well, today I've got a guest. We've got to know and cause a little bit more. We got to work out a little bit together and and uh, know each other here for the last couple months. And this is Cause Spirits, and he's going to. I'm going to give you guys a little insight of him, and he's going to give us a little bit of backstory about where he's from and what he does. So, with no further ado, we're live, and let's get started. Cause yes. why don't we start first? You know, where, where you're. Um, well, where you're at currently, okay, and yes. you know about your wife and you're married and and stuff like that. So let's let's once you go ahead and give us some feedback on that. Okay, I'm I'm currently uh, located in uh, Akron, Ohio. Uh, at this time, uh, I have been uh, in China where I was in China, and this is where I met my uh, wife. She's uh, uh, Han um, from mainland China, located in uh, Chengdu. Uh, this is uh, the west of China, uh, near Tibet, Tibetan area. So it's it's about midwest in uh inside of mainland China. Mm. Mm. Yes. And so the where so let's 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 start where where you were. Where were you born? Now were you born here in the United States? Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, I was. Yes, I was born in uh, Buffalo, New York. But I traveled around to uh, different parts of Western New York. So I lived in uh, Rochester, East Aurora, uh, different parts of Western New York where I was able to meet a variety of different people. Uh-huh. So yes. was so did you, you live with mom and dad and they traveled or how did that uh, Yes. Yes. We moved around a lot uh, because uh, my mother was a nurse at the time. So she took different jobs in different hospitals. So this uh, is where I relocated to different parts of New York, and I was able to uh, meet different martial artists. Uh, since uh, I was a youth, a young child, I, I loved uh, martial arts, and I grew up around martial artists. And so when mom moved, so you'd have to, you know, you'd find a different studio or something where, where each place that you'd go as mom moved around doing her nursing. I didn't yes. know that about mom. Is, is mom still with us? Is your mom still with us? 
Uh, yes, she is uh, at this time. Uh, she's not uh, working. Uh, she's uh -huh. basically retired. Um, retired now. Good. Yes. Um, but during that time when we moved around, I went to different studios. I always uh, tried to learn uh, as much as I could uh, in the cities I was at. So maybe I would stay in a, in a place for maybe three months, uh, four months, and then move to another location. Uh, this is when I was just around like six to maybe 12 years old around mm -hmm. this time. Yeah, moved a lot. I gotcha, gotcha. So did, what? well, and throughout your, well, what's your best childhood memory of that? What what studio do you remember the most or what instructor do you remember the most from then? Um, I would say um, in Shotokan and uh, Ishin Ru teacher Carlos in uh, Buffalo, New York. He was really good, a uh, very educated man. Um, and he could tell you the insights of how to do certain kicks properly, how you switch your hips over to make your kicks uh, align uh, properly to hit the opponent. This way you won't, you won't just be throwing kicks randomly, you would throw them uh, accurately when you kick at an opponent. And the timing of it, yes. Uh, interesting, so you know, I don't know, you, you know, some people may not even know this about me, but you know that Ishinru is what I started in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and how I learned it was where I started, believe it or not. I was, uh, I was like Al Bundy. I was a shoe salesman <laughs> when I was yeah. young. I worked in the yeah. stock room and then it was called lead shoes. And that particular manager named John Butler was an Ishinru black belt. Oh. And, and mm -hmm. he's the one I started training in his garage. And that's really kind of what started me on the martial arts, arts world to hear Ishinru. I mean, that was such a long time ago, but that's where it all kind of started for me too, is where, where I first started. And then of course I, I found my instructor in, uh, in Tongsudo. So, and that's, you know, Ishinru, you just don't hear it very often anymore. It's not something no. around here that much anymore anyway. So. No, no, it's, it's, it's slowly uh, fading away, but the principles of basically all martial arts, when you see people who study and who actually can fight, you would, you would see that they have some type of uh, background in karate, uh, most likely, uh, mm -hmm. because of the, the hard style, especially the Okinawan style. It's very hard and, and the kicks are very solid. So it is a good foundation to start off with. Yeah, I th I think you're right about that. I think that any kind of uh uh any kind of you know uh, you know traditional martial arts I think is a really good foundation anyway, you know. Um yes. so I I don't disagree with that. So let's talk about um if you know so you look at let's talk about your fitness journey before we talk yes. about your martial arts journey. You know I mean? Yes. Do you avidly lift weights or is it mostly uh martial arts type workout do you have genetics or how'd um, that come about yes uh, i started training actually when i was uh three years old so i would be running a lot i had a lot of energy as a child and then slowly i uh i was around uh power lifters uh bodybuilders i was in this type of environment uh since i was a child uh because i used to my mother used to do exercise uh as well even when she was pregnant, she was running with me uh, in her stomach. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I basically was training before I was even born into this world. Yeah. <laughs> so, so mom, mom, mom has mom has a a background in uh in in doing in physical yes, you, fitness anyway. Then correct. Yes. And that's how I started. So when I was young, I used to be put around uh, bodybuilders and um, powerlifters to teach me how to do training, like they say, do uh, isometrics workouts, uh, dynamic strength to uh -huh. enhance your uh, core, basically, because that is very uh, fundamental for any human being. Like besides just the overall power of your, your muscles, you need a strong core. And, mm -hmm. and if you take this strong core and then you put it into a martial arts, you would be able to do more. So it, it basically, I was always interested in the fitness aspect, uh, right. running, uh, bodybuilding, powerlifting, anything to uh, basically be versatile uh, to improve myself. I, th I think it's important. Just overall health is important. So do you still lift today? Are you still lifting? Uh, yes, but not often um, because I learned that uh, if you take like, let's say it's good to lift if it depends on what you do. Um, like example, if you are in a fight, let's say you're a fighter. Uh, I wouldn't recommend lifting too much because if you take on a bodybuilder's mentality and approach fighting, it wouldn't be. Uh, a proper thing. You wouldn't be able to last so long because the mentality for lifting weights uh, is totally different than for fighting. But if you are just a power lifter and you you seek power, you seek uh, personal growth within yourself. You can you can tally up how far you have grown by the number of weights you lift uh, or mm -hmm. the number of repetitions. But in fighting, it's harder to calculate this. You only can calculate your progress by who you fight or who you spar, or who you are training with. Right. Well, that's true. I agree yes. with that. I mean, I've been lifting weights for a long time. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm an old yes. guy now, but uh, I still push those weights around. Oh, yeah, know, yes. I, yeah, <laughs> you know, I enjoy it because it kind of clears my head. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. I, I like the banging. I like to hear the weights clang, and I like all that. So, Yeah, it's uh, good for therapy. It, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so there's two things good for therapy, choking someone out and <laughs> yes. lifting weights. So those are, those are really good therapy. I agree me. with that. <laughs> so, so let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, cause I've got some other questions on as you going on through your, um, you know, as you continue this journey. So you're a young boy and, yes. uh, then you have, um, you know, did high, did you move around in high school too, or were you pretty well set in high school? Yes. Uh, and when I went to high school, I moved around as well. And, uh, during that time, uh, they had like a wrestling team, uh, inside of the high school. Uh, they had football teams inside of this high school. Um, it was located inside of, uh, East Aurora at this time. And, uh, I was studying, I was wanted to pursue martial arts more and, uh -huh. This is where the uh, idea of being sent overseas to uh, study came uh, during the high school years. So um, during my time here, I learned that maybe I would have a better influence or, or learn better things uh, as far as with the culture if I went to school overseas. So my mother helped me uh, set this up and I was able to get inside of a program to 
uh, be an international transfer student inside uh. of Japan, where I was able to learn about the culture, um, the language, the values, and of course, uh, karate and mm -hmm. the history behind everything. So that that happened when you're when now did you play any high school sports at all? Did you wrestle on the wrestle team or, or not? Uh, I played a, a little bit of sports. Uh, yeah. I played some uh, football. They told me uh -huh. to get on the football team. Um, uh -huh. It wasn't something that I really wanted to do. It was just something extra because it's athleticism. Right. So it was good to for the running, for the training. You know, you hit each other like the weights. Mm -hmm. You talked about the clinging and <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. you know football pads hitting each other and um yeah. it, it was a, a a good years you know i met people uh who, who basically wanted to accomplish things in their area but my heart was always towards the martial arts yes yes, yes. i played football in high school too oh, okay yes yeah. <laughs> i guess I a lot of people kind of, yeah a know, lot of people I, that's uh yeah yeah that's <laughs> that helmet therapy was always good <laughs> yes. for sure it was a yes. little bit different back in when I was in school. You know, that was back in, in night. I say I played in nineteen seventy eight and seventy nine mm. and eighty. That's why. That's back. You know, I guess I'm I'm aging. Telling you my age now, but um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, that's so. That's yeah. That was fun. So no wrestling though, right? I wished I would have yes. done high school wrestling. Did you wrestle? Yes, I did. did. Yes, I, I wrestled too. But it wasn't for a long time, and I didn't really take it um, to a professional level at all. It was uh -huh. just for basically training and practice. You know, because we all grew up, well, a lot of people grew up on the WWE, WWF. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's right. So, that's correct. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, we so, did. That, we were in the Hulk Hogan era, you know. The 80s wrestling was nothing better, man. And then yes. the 90s cruised in and. Yes, we all did. <laughs> you know, the sure. Ultimate Warrior, Undertaker, all of these people. They, mm -hmm. they were a lot of inspiration to become uh, uh, stronger. You know, Lex Luger. You know, I could mm -hmm. name so many wrestlers. So yeah. it, it was it was part of what pushed me to to, to yeah. train harder, train more. It was it was good entertainment, but you know that the wrestlers wrestlers are uh, very physically. Uh, capable of doing what they do. So I respect wrestling a lot. Yeah, they're definitely, uh, they're definitely athletes. That's for sure. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Some stuff they do strong. It was yes. good. Yeah, that was good. That's good to know. So 18 comes around. So you, you get into an international plan. The first place you go is Japan. So yes. let, let's now how, what kind of, uh, when you left, and yes. you arrived in Japan. So did you stay with another family there? Is that, did a yes. family take you in? Yes, it was a host family. So a when host you, family. Yes, when you go uh, become an international transfer student, you get a host family. So uh, this host family would take care of you during your first years or so if you are there during your uh, schooling period. And then if you want to stay longer, you could uh, get your own place, your own apartment and branch out from that point uh -huh. on. Yes. And is that what you did? Yes, I did. Yeah. So, yes. so does that mean that you went, you went to school there Yes. in Japan this is where you started, right? You, so you went yes. to school and then, so did you learn uh, Japanese while you're there? Yes. Yes. I can speak Japanese. Nihongo and, wakarimasu. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I guess you, that's, that's how you get immersed in the culture, right? So you get, yes. you, you have learned Japanese and then 
did you were you working at the time too uh did no no I, not at, not at that time when i first went there i was it was like a culture shock because it's mm -hmm. everything like the way things work in america it functions totally different overseas when you are in japan and other countries like the society thinks very differently um just to give you one example of that um in japan they do not uh let people show too much emotion per se you know, uh -huh. like in America, you can just be like, if you're sad, you you cry. If you're angry, you show it. And this is very obvious. But in Japan, when you show emotion too much, it, it's a sign of weakness. So it's just a, like a cultural things, like little things like that is uh, very hard to adjust when you come from America and you're changing your uh, your living quarters. Uh -huh. So this it, it is a culture shock. And then after adjusting, I was able to uh, run across a different martial artist, and this is where I met my first real influence in uh, martial arts when I was over in Japan named Mr. Sato. He's very open-minded because he lived in Thailand and he was uh, uh, doing Thai boxing, but his uh, origin of his training was uh, Shotokan Karate. So mm -hmm. when he when he, when he met me and I went to over to him and his gym, uh, we worked the pads. I showed him what I learned in America, and from then on, he took me in like wholeheartedly, and it was really great during the time. How long were you with him? Uh, for about four to five years. Four to five years. Yes. yes. And so because uh, at that time, like we worked out. Uh, well, he was showing me, instructing me on what to do, and I, I earned a black belt by him, but he happened to uh, get cancer, and he passed away during that time. So, oh, wow. So you lost your instructor to cancer. Yes. Man, that sucks. Yes, but he was very open-minded. He showed me about the principles, how to uh, – because he fought in Thailand. So he, he tried to use karate to fight against the Thai. And he, he learned the weaknesses, like why it couldn't work against Thai boxing at that time for himself. So he was telling me these weaknesses, how the traditional parts are very good if you can apply them and mix them up in a variety of ways. And then you are able to fight different styles. Um, and uh, this so is what I learned from him. Yes. Interesting. So he had an instructor. Yes. That went and looked at real fighting to see how yes. to apply that. So to make his martial arts even, even better for, yes. from a fighting perspective. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. That's, that's a, that's interesting. That, that's yes. uh, that's definitely a, the mark of a good instructor for sure. Yes. Because you from know. his experience, when he first went to Thailand, um, he tried to fight the Thai in traditional karate and uh he did he didn't pass all of his mm. things but slowly he stayed there and he adjusted and he got better and better so he was thinking if i take a person with a better physical built and they can apply the the experience that i had like explaining about how to to block the guard um how to uh defend against low kicks properly um this would be better um for that person to to uh basically defend themselves and be able to defeat a thai boxer with hand-to-hand -hand combat 
Yeah. So this was his thought. Super, super interesting. So let's let's talk more about that Japan because I I want to talk about that culture yes. and and training with somebody from Japan. Okay, because this yes the, the, that 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 portion of it intrigues me. So you're first of all you're a young guy, right? Yes. I mean, how old are you now, Kaz? Yes, uh, right now I'm uh, 34. It's hard for me to really keep track of my age. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, wait till you're my age and you don't want it. And then you're not going to want to keep track of it. Uh, So, uh, when, so you're a young man at 18. Now you're in this and you have this culture shock. And that's interesting that you say, what else did you learn from the Japanese people? Because, you know, I have my drum instructor. I play taiko drum. I don't know if you know that or not. And and he's from, you know, he's, he lives in Japan now. And, uh, so, you know, and that's where he, where he is. So I know that there's definitely a different in their culture. Yes. And tell me what else that you see over there. I, I, I understand you tell me you live there. So you tell me if this is true. I understand that it's, uh, they keep their place much cleaner. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I, the respect of the, of the elders is something held in high regards. Did you see yes. all that? Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, right. It's after, just go ahead. Yes, after uh every workout, you have to clean the dojo. This is very essential. Um, you can't just work out and then leave because you need to treat your martial arts area where your training area. Uh I, I think this is good for bodybuilders, powerlifters too. Uh treat it with uh respect like a temple. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of your temple in a way because this is where you grow this is where you get your spirituality from so this is how they view the dojo and uh the the elders are always respected because of their experience through life um and you know basically when you're kids when you're a child you make a lot of mistakes you do things that you probably will regret later and the elders are there to basically guide you in the Mm -hmm. right direction so they always deserve a lot of uh, respect. Yes. So, I, I in so is public transportation something that is used quite often in in Japan? Oh is, yes, ab- yes, absolutely. So, so you see here, right in America, especially, especially mm-hmm. today, where yes. an elderly would get on a mass transit or something like that, and nobody even offers them a seat. You know what I mean? Do you yes. see that as a different culture there? for sure uh absolutely because in japan um if you see an elderly people would just fly up just to to let them sit down um because they they think hey i'm young i can stand uh this older person let them uh sit down so they show Uh a lot of respect and public transportation is uh, used by all kinds of people no matter your status in society so you can see millionaires uh business owners famous people catching uh, public transportation. You, you would, you would never see that, uh, in America. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, you're not going to see that. No, no, yes. it's, it's just, yeah, it's a different animal when you do public transportation out here uh, <laughs> yes. well, in California, at least. I don't know. I, you know, I hear that. <laughs> yes. New, in, I mean, New York is, is probably something that's a little bit different. You were there, you know, people almost have to use their public transportation out there, but you know, it's still, absolutely. Just a, you know, looking at you know because it, it's it the the culture uh out there and then so when 
tell me how you went about learning language and stuff. Were you just immersed with that family? Did you learn it in school? Did you learn it by just being there? Yes, I, in all of those ways. Um, when I first arrived, the, the host family that I had, they knew just a little bit of English. And since I came, I said, you know, I need to dedicate my heart and soul to improving uh, since I'm here. But at first, I didn't think like this. When I first arrived, I thought, you know, I need to get back to America. So <laughs> that's the first thing I thought. I said, how can I adjust different type of food? Uh, the way you have to treat and talk to people uh, is a lot different. You have to show a lot of respect uh, every, every time you speak to someone. Uh, you take your shoes off before you enter the house. It, it's a lot to just adjust to. Um, and later, I just I put my heart and soul into just learning. And, and even if I made mistakes, I kept trying because I, I learned that you can't really be perfect when you are learning something new. Like you always start off uh, stumbling, no matter who you are. If I take the greatest scientist, uh, Einstein, when he first started off, you, you can't know everything in the beginning. So you always start uh, fumbling and stumbling around. So I figured, let me speak, let me make mistakes as much as possible, and then slowly they will be fixed, and I'll be able to communicate better. And that's what happened. Yeah, that's that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty. That's 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 great. I I, I so I see that. So even so, even though when you first got there, you were like, man, I got to This is <laughs> yes. like super culture shock, right? And <laughs> yes. and um, what you have to learn. What what do you say? I mean. Obviously, we're pretty spoiled here in America. I'm sure you'd agree, correct? Uh, yes, uh, it's a lot. Um, how can I say? Uh, the society is a lot uh, easier. Um, example, when I was in Japan back in uh, during that time in the early 2000s, um, basically no foreigner could uh, get a job outside of just teaching their native language. This is how they operated. So eventually I taught part-time in, in schools to earn a little extra money. They limited your uh, career, well, your job, if you went to work, you couldn't work any jobs that a Japanese could do themselves. So they limit you to just a, a, an English area. Or, or if you're from France, you only could teach French. Uh -huh. So if you're from Germany, you only can teach German. So based upon the country you're from, that's the only language you could teach. And um, in America, you, you always have opportunity. If you're from the bottom, it is possible to rise to the top. So, but in those type of societies, they lean towards more of the native people. And, and I understand it, but you know, here in America, that's why I say it's a very diverse uh, culture. And it's, when I came back from um, overseas, I had to adjust again because the mentality is a little bit different too. Like in Japan, if you are too aggressive, uh, that can be seen as a negative sign. But in America, it's perfect. You know, you should be aggressive toward, towards pursuing goals. So, <laughs> you know. I'd be known as very aggressive over there. <laughs> that's, maybe I, that's where I should go to mellow out. That's what I'm thinking. Yes. Uh, that's a, uh, that's. That's that's interesting. You know, I see, uh, you know, we live here in America, so we we have the spoils of America. And and for all lack of purposes, we're just spoiled brats as it is. And <laughs> it's not until you 
go to another country or, or, or really see and that you get to, you get to go, wow, how blessed am I that I live in this type of a country where I can wake up and I can start a business and I can, I can do what I want to do, you know, and, and just how precious freedom is, especially when you're hearing, um, you know, Japan, they take care of their own right there. They're, you know, if you're a foreigner that, then you're, you know, it's, you know, I I guess, and that's where you have to have a a country that has some kind of a balance, you know what I mean? And yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's something to hear that, you know what I mean? So, so, so Mr. Sato, so you're there. How, how long were you there? Yes. I was in in Japan for a total of seven years, seven years. And then did you stay after he passed away or did you, is that when Uh, you decided to leave? Yes. That's when I decided to leave because, uh, um, I felt as if, um, it was no one else there, basically. And uh-huh. uh, it's some side information was uh, Mr. Sato was connected to an organization called K1. I know a lot of people don't really know about this organization. Maybe um, they have uh, quite a few fighters. There was uh, Bakwa fought there. Uh, who else? Uh, Alistair Overeem fought inside of K1. Um, Bob Sapp fought inside of K1. Um, and Sato was connected to these people. And his idea was, hey, I, I taught you uh, these principles. You should go inside of the K-1. So he was trying to set this up for me. And then in the meantime, that's when he fell ill with uh, cancer. And he was, it, it just came like within a few weeks. And uh-huh. it was just like, he couldn't talk. He couldn't move. It was just, it just overwhelmed him. And I saw him in the hospital. I talked to him and uh, then he just passed away. But I, I made a promise that I would do my best and uh, keep moving forward and, and spread what I know and, and try my best to improve and keep the goals alive. So yeah. uh, if Mr. Sato w- was alive uh, during this time, um, most likely I would have already been in K1 uh, fighting. <laughs> so, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, K1 is something known here in America. Pretty oh, much. OK. You know, yes. It, it, yes. It, it's OK. Good. It's uh, I mean, it's 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 brutal. You know, it's a it's a it's a brutal sport. And you're right about Overstein and all those guys that that came from there. These guys are, you know, these guys are monsters that were fighting back at the time. Oh, you know yes, what I mean? The so, striking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Their striking was just absolutely brutal. And, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, and. You know, that's, I believe that when you, when you're hitting K ones and and you're doing that kind of fighting and then, you know, you get into somebody that has some really good grappling. This is where MMA, this is how, and this is how MMA comes about. You know what I mean? Yes, that's right. So, so that's good. So you, so you end up, um, uh, leaving, uh, now listen, how many, tell me about a typical day in, in, in Sato. Did he have, uh, a home type, uh, um, studio dojo or did he have a a a dojo that he had a lot of students in like what i have uh it was a it was a gym uh uh, set up to where the front part was more traditional and the back part was more of a muay thai setting Mm -hmm. so he had both because of his background right so he tried to mix both so if someone wanted to come in and say hey I, i let me be traditional you you can go to the front and learn with that 
sensei who's there or practice your katas, uh, focus on your traditional form. If you want to go into the fighting aspect, the stand up game, then you would go to the back of this dojo, train with the bags, pads, you know, work on your techniques, your form, uh, these kinds of things. So wow, uh, every, that's, uh, that's awesome. Yes, he, he mixed them together um, because he had a mixed background. Mm -hmm. um, and usually in Japan, they never do things like that. You can always see they're very traditional. Like if you see a karate school, the, the dojo is set in, in tradition, like wooden floors. You have the scrolls, the background, uh, these kinds of things. You have your geese. But Sato broke from tradition a little bit. And mm -hmm. I was the I was the only uh, foreigner that he really had with him, but he he put a lot of effort into uh, giving me the knowledge that he had. Yeah, that's that's great. That's an awesome story. Sound like a really uh, a, just a, just a good solid you know solid dude that yes had an open mind for you know allowing his students saw weaknesses in a game. I think just yes. like what what all good instructors do, you know, yes. and say, okay, how do we improve here? How do we put this into the next level? What do we do with that? And then, then scones. Well, that's awesome. So let's, let's talk about, so what happens is what made you decide then after that, that you're going to go to, go to China? What, what, what made you decide that? Um, during that time, um, it, it's like, uh, the world crump, my world crumbled in Japan. And I thought, um, I need to continue to pursue, uh, martial arts, like all different aspects of martial arts. And I thought the next, because China was like the next door neighbor. So I figured, you know, let me go over to China to basically clear my mind, clear my soul and start fresh. It was like a, a new beginning for me. Like, you know, the monks, when, when monks start fresh in life, because they commit so many sins, they shave their hair, uh, hair bald. This is a uh -huh. part of it. So you shave your hair off. So my shaving was uh, changing my changing the country I was in. That I was see. me starting fresh. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went over to uh, Chengdu, actually. So and I went there. It's a, uh, the home of the pandas. You know, people love the pandas <laughs> over there. But they, they also study uh, Tai Chi and Qigong over there. Uh, it's like the center, so you get the real culture. If you go around the coastal lines, you get more of a business uh, part of China, like the Beijing, Shanghai, you know, uh, Guangdong. This is more of a business uh, empire over there, that place. Mm. So yes. how were you taken in? So are you going in there still with American status? Is that correct? Is that? Yes, is it, Absolutely. So did you find a family there then also? Is that how you did it? Or you're, cause you're kind of older now. So how does that right. work? Yeah. So I went over there and the, the currency, if you look at the currency, it's a lot easier. Well, just to, to get stable inside of uh, China. So the money that I did earn from Japan, um, it was used in China to get me uh, uh, an apartment. And uh, when I first went to China, I realized it was different than living in Japan. Um, the reason why, uh, because China has only been open to foreigners for maybe 25 years or so. It, mm. it was not a long history like uh, Japanese. So Japanese, they're really used to seeing foreigners. 
it's like obvious like okay yeah foreigners we we know you know italians uh, americans but in china it's not so it's not the same situation so it's easy to go to china and people just look at you and stare like what you know foreigner <laughs> at this time so it was very rare you know when i went so you get uh people stare at you want to know what country you're from and more about uh, more about your background uh these things so yes well, where what is your nationality what is your nationality cause yes uh, i come from a mixed background uh my mother's uh mixed and my father he passed away when i was uh, a baby so i never met my my father mm. um at all but but my mother's mixed she has a cherokee uh she has a african american um she has uh united kingdom's blood uk um uh-huh. irish uh hawaiian so uh, so you so you, yeah, so you, so so definitely, when you're walking around, that's it's it's a definitely different look. So uh, people people look at you as as uh, yeah. when and how how are you treated in the beginning with that? How was that? How were you looked at? Accepted um, or talked um, about? You know? Yes, uh, in the beginning, um, they basically uh, they treated me well, you know, with a lot of hospitality. But they wanted to know more about me and my background because in China, since it's so isolated, uh, they focus more on their own culture per se. So everything is very culture. Like some some uh, conversations are very uh, strict, where you can't talk about them out in the open, like political things. Um, and these things you have to adjust to in China when you go. Like mm. some things you you just cannot talk about in, in China. Um, they're very open. They wanted to teach me about their culture and what they do, like the food, uh, the traditions, the language, uh, these things they wanted to share. Um, and it was hard for them to basically know my, uh, background where I came from. So they had to kind of like guess. Interesting. So, so did you learn their language too? Yes. I I know a bit of uh, Chinese. Yes. I, I'm not as good in, in Chinese as I am in uh, Japanese. In, in Japanese. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's quite, those are quite two languages to know. How many languages do you speak? Do you speak those three or do you yes. even have more? Or is that, yes. those are you the three that you speak? Yeah. Yes, the main and, ones. And, I, and I'm studying uh, German now, so I'm trying to improve that. Uh, <laughs> they say that once you can, you know, you speak another language, learning another language is a little bit easier, but... I, you know, I tried to learn Spanish in school and, uh, oh. you know, all I can do is tell you the bad word. So <laughs> yes. that's, 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 that's about the extent of that. <laughs> yes. So that, that's just, that's always been impressive to me anyway. Um, uh, you know, one of yes. my black belts here, here in Krav, he was in the military and he's a linguist, oh. you know, he speaks several languages himself too, you know, and, you know, it's always been amazing what, what, when, when you can do that. So I think yes. that that's just an, just something awesome that, that yes. you're able to have. So, well, what, because, uh, what, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so when you are, uh, basically learning, like when I was in Japan, uh, they can't truly express themselves like, uh, unless you speak in their language, then they can basically speak from their heart. And this will push me because if you really, really want to know about the culture, you have to kind of know the language in some kind of way. Because the, mm-hmm. the meaning behind some things, it can have a different meaning behind it. 
So that's why I press to learn the language of that culture and especially uh, Japanese and the Chinese aspect uh, too. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's true. I think that's pretty much true in anything we do, right? We have to immerse ourselves into whatever it is we do, whether it's, it's, it's a school, whether it's, is you have to immerse yourself. I think that's a, that's a great life lesson right there in itself. So, um, who did you find for instructor wise for yourself there? Who'd you go seek out? What'd you go do? Yes. When I, when I first started, uh, training, um, they have Tai Chi everywhere. So basically when I was there, I said, Hey, you know, I just want to go around. They have Tai Chi on the streets that you can go to. Like it's everywhere inside of Chengdu. And that's why I first started. I said, hey, let me uh, learn in some some of these movements and figure out how they move and the energy behind it. And that's why I started off just learning on the streets at first. And then later on, as time went past, as time passed, um, I went out to uh, deep into the mountains uh, where I learned out there. Uh, Mr. Chen was out there and it, it became a. Uh, basically more I took it serious at this time in the beginning it was just like oh I'm I'm learning you know health purposes the movements but then I took it serious when you meet a person that dedicates their life and soul to something then you take the art seriously and uh-huh. I, that's when I started to say hey this is I need to really put my heart and soul into this like Mr. Chen has done and that's when I began to study and learn about the breathing, the movements. And if, if I could incorporate this, this is what, where I started to think myself, if I can incorporate this type of breathing and this type of movement into the knowledge that I had from Mr. Sato, it would make things, uh, it would improve me as a human being. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, there's the healing side of martial arts too. That, yes. The Kichong and stuff like that. Is that yes. more, more of what you were studying there? Is that what you were, were looking at? Yes. The meditation part, mm-hmm. uh, because this is very important uh, because usually no matter what situation people get into, uh, whether it's taking a test, uh, it's a fight. Um, maybe they have, their mind is very clouded. Uh, by information, they heard bad news, they heard good news. Um, You need to be able to clear your mind so you can think very clearly about what to do next and when to do something. So Mm -hmm. this is the part of it that I learned. So that aspect of it, the the Zen part, the the meditation part was very uh, essential. And then you learn how to breathe properly. Because most people breathe and they breathe from their chest. And you uh-huh. are actually supposed to breathe from your lower abdomen. Yes. So this, that, this helps you gather power. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the other side of of martial arts for sure. Uh, the you know, that there is a a combat side and there's the other side. Yes. You know what I mean? So yeah, I definitely definitely understand that part uh of it is. So you know, this is interesting yes. to me. Getting to know you a little bit more now on on what you did. So, and you met your wife in the meantime in the in that in there. Is that correct? How long have you been married now? Yes, um, for about uh, maybe eight years, something like this. Yes. Oh, oh so you've been married for a while. 
Yes. So you're an old married guy is what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm just waiting to show my uh, gray hair. So. <laughs> well, uh, trust me when I say it will come. Uh, it will be coming. <laughs> yes. uh, that is a promise. Um, so uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, what we're doing together. So how we met is you met through John uh, Viverka, yes. right? And yes. he said, uh, uh, you know, he sent you to... Uh, um, you know, he sent yes. you down to me and that's where I met you. And yes, you have this idea that I think that we're going to, you know, we've gone back and forth about to do. And yes, you feel that you want to go through, uh, something called a, you know, a hunt around type of Kumite, yes. which is more traditional, yes. traditional yes. type rules, traditional karate. Um, yes. And we've decided that we're going to move forward with this, uh, 100 rounds, you know, at first we were doing 100 men, but it's hard to find a lot of people to, to come in and do it. Right. So we've yes. chosen to go with a hundred rounds and yes, that's what your, your goal is now. So let's, let's talk about a little bit what your goal is with that. Yes. Um, I, the hundred round Kumite, um, I heard of this in my youth. I mean, when I first started, uh, doing, uh, martial arts, uh, Carlos told me about it. Uh, I heard about it from various uh, senseis, and it's just like um, no one has ever seen it, but they you can watch videos on it and see it done because it was mainly done overseas. It's been done in Europe. It's been done in Japan, but it hasn't been done in America. So this hundred rounds uh, shows a person's skill, endurance and determination to get through a uh, hundred different uh, people basically a hundred rounds of, of combat. Um, and this part, uh, I wanted to do in America because, um, one, it's never been done here. Uh, two, I, I think it can be very beneficial, not just for me, but anyone who joins, you can get some kind of experience with mm -hmm. actual combat in a different type of way, like stand up in your striking aspect. Right. So, and this is the part where uh, when I met Fumio, like Fumio Damore, um, me and him, when I returned back from America, I was introduced to Fumio Damore. And he was talking about, I told him about the principles that I learned from Sato, uh, Mr. Chen inside of uh, um, China. And I was working, I was showing uh, Fumio techniques and working out at his dojo. And he was sharing different principles with me and explaining about the actual combat part because Fumio Demora has uh, fought in tournaments in Japan um, mm -hmm. during his heyday. And me and him built a great relationship over time. And I told him about this 100-man uh, kumite, and he thought it would be great to do because it can show your, who you are, basically, as, as a martial artist. Uh -huh. Be because during the time you have to use what you know in order to survive. It it's, it's not, it, it makes it a little bit more complicated because back in the day, they used to just have people just punch someone in the face and you can uh, end the match in like one second like that. Yeah. You know, you could <laughs> punch them. But if you erase that aspect that they have done now, you have to endure the whole time. So even if your leg is numb or you feel like it's going to fall off from being kicked at, at, by leg kicks, you have to continue on. And this shows your spirit. Mm -hmm. So that's why they changed that. Yes. yes. 
That's and so this is where where um where you feel that you want to. Uh, now that I've talked to you a little bit, I think this is part of where you want to help with your instructor's legacy, what he taught yes. you, correct? Yes. And yes. Uh, I guess to push yourself to see what that's what this is going to be like for me to. Uh, go a hundred rounds. You know what I mean? Yeah, a minute thirty each, and so that's a long time. And yes, um, and to to push yourself through something that we haven't done. And I think we spoke about this for a while now. How can we, you know, because this is definitely not something that is even talked about here. You yes. know what I mean? So, um. Yes, um, because uh, usually uh, when this happens, this kind of event happens, it's usually a closed event. So you would take Kyokushin and uh, they'll basically uh, fight each other within um, this, this uh, Kumite, and then it would be released to the public. So the way that, I'm, that we're doing now is uh, more like, a, like an open call to right. to different people so it, it's like you can have a muay thai background you can have a kung fu background it's more uh open and diverse and this this changed changes the game of how how it's done and right. here it, it's a lot of things behind uh the reason why it's not done uh mainly in america um one is uh, the culture works a lot differently so in, in uh japan it's a very easy for people to get this done because the whole dojo pushes them and say, okay, uh, we're going to give you uh, 50 men, uh, 60 men, so you can go through your 100 rounds. And here, um, sometimes the, the dojo doesn't have uh, 70 people that can fight or are willing to fight the whole uh, 100 rounds because it's a two and a half hours of fighting. Uh, in right. total for the person that's doing the challenge. Correct. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. So, so we decided that we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to take this on and move forward with it. And we thought that, you know, like you said, there's a little bit of different cultures here in both places, yes. but one thing that drives Americans is doing something for somebody else. You know what I mean? Yes. I agree. Uh, it's just part of who they are, you know, whether yes. it's for our vets or police officers or uh, whatever other charity that we, we deem that we want to use. And so we thought that this would be the way to go so that um, we can get get people to come in and go yes. a minute and a half. And there is a rule. There is definitely a rule set. So everybody will know the rules before coming in. This isn't just, uh, you know, we're going to come in and throw down and, and whoever gets the shit beat out of them first, <laughs> yes. winner, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, so, uh, it, it, you know, so there is definitely some rules that are going in there and, you know, so it's, and it's a more a stand up thing. It's more from what I, now that I've, we've worked out mm. together a little bit and stuff like that. It, it's definitely a, a more stand-up traditional karate point type tournaments. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. And so with those rules, you know, w we stay within those rules and, and people can go a minute and a half, but still even that, yes. you know, even that pushing yourself for two and a half hours is quite a, quite a feat in itself. And yes. And when there's a purpose behind it, right. 
Yes. Sometimes our purpose, your purpose is I'm going to get through this. I have yes. something on then. And through my purpose, maybe we can we can help this group A, B, C, or D with yes. with some donations and some absolutely you know and 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 in honor, right? So yes. you're gonna honor yourself by going through this. We're gonna honor vets or cops or yes. whatever charity we choose from that as a choosing as we start to get get ready for this. Uh yes. And then that's I think that's that's the way the the way we're gonna go. And I, I believe that we can have some success with this. Yes. And uh you know I think it'd be, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a good way to go because um, it's just it's more than just the fighting part of it because it's easy to just uh, show skill and say, okay, let me do this and that. But uh, it's a bigger purpose behind it. Uh, one is just honoring uh, Mr. Sato and uh, Fumio Demora for sharing uh -huh. this, uh, the knowledge that they gave me. Um, Second is uh, the people who join can get actual experience behind this so they can grow as well. And a third aspect of this would be that it's for a higher purpose. You're giving back mm -hmm. to uh, society and the people uh, that deserve it. You know, yeah. any charity involved, they deserve this. So um, we're all using our skills to give something uh, back instead right. of just using it for a self-purpose. And saying, yeah. hey, this is about me, only me. So you're giving something back. I think that's a, a spiritual development in itself. I I agree with you. I think that, you know, this is what, you know, uh, being able to talk about it so people can have a better understanding. Because, right, it's 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 it can go either way to, to certain yes. dojos, right? You're going to step into a jojo and say, I need 100 men. And they're going to you go, you're going to have some animals come at you like, <laughs> yes. uh you know, I want to eat you for lunch and, Absolutely. uh, right. And the purpose of behind what we're doing is I think, I think you're right. I think it's a, it's a push and I understand the push both my yes. years, my two big, big times, right. When I turned 50 and when I turned 60, when I turned <laughs> 50, I fought for 50 straight minutes, right? No rest, no <laughs> yes. nothing. That's what I wanted. Good. 50 for 50. When I turned Good. 60 last year, I did the same thing, but it was oh. on the ground. I did all grappling okay. for 60 minutes, right? <laughs> Wow. And, and I yes. think that you do this, you know, to, well, first of all, I did it just for myself to say mm -hmm. that, okay, I survived 60 minutes. Now it's not like, uh, I didn't get, you know, uh, you know, there's a couple rounds that, you know, uh, a little bit harder than others, you know, as you start to get Absolutely. tired and I'm a little older yes. than you, but you get getting tired and I'm kind of more beat up. I got fake knee and, uh, you know, I've got uh, you know, arthritis and, uh, I've been hitting the head. God knows how many times. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes. you know, so it was, it was a mental challenge for me and I believe this is a mental challenge for you. And yes. I think you're the right. I said the same, the re the way I went through it also is, was, this honors all those that have taught me, man. Okay. Yes. That, you know, mm -hmm. my instructors that have taught me and, and, yes. and to raise my, my, see that, let my students see and that, Hey, you can do this also. And yes. so I think us being able to talk about a cast and make it a little bit easier for us to, uh, promote, you know, yes. and now we have this, we have this here that we can, now that we've talked about it and people can see your background a little bit more and, yes where this is coming from and, and where, where this, now that you have a better understanding on, on, Hey, you know what? I'd like to be part of that. You know what I mean? Yes. I'd like to get in there with him for a minute and a half. I think that would be fun. 
yeah. and 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 then um see what what I can do and yes. who can we help at the same time. I mean, you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. And, and that's the best way to go because if you do study martial arts, um it is a good way to know where you are. Um, because you are when you study martial arts, no one is going to actually train to not be able to defend themselves. If you really think about it, because the whole point in martial arts is to defend yourself if you are on the street or, you know, you are attacked. So this is a good way to do it in a very good environment and yes. also for a good cause. Because mm -hmm. when when real life comes and you never uh, <laughs> had any combat or, or training experience like in real life. Uh, it's going to be hard to to switch on and, and go into that battle mindset. So yes, <laughs> you're, you're right. You're 100 percent. You're 100 percent right on that. You know, so, there, you know, that's the beauty of martial arts anywhere. There's so many life lessons inside the studio that goes yes. outside the studio way beyond <laughs> what your ever training ever was. I agree with that a thousand percent. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, you know, I think that, uh, uh, yes. you know, Matter of fact, I, I look forward to seeing how we can further this along for you now at this point and see what what we can do. You know, we'll talk to uh, to uh, to the guys. And, you know, after this uh, podcast, you'll have this. You'll yes. be able to uh, promote this throughout on onto your social media and everybody else's. And we can talk a little bit more off camera about, OK, what's our next what's our next move? And we'll keep everybody uh, abreast of where we're moving. Sound good? Oh, yes, yes, definitely. I, right. I just want um, this event and uh, everyone who studied martial arts or put a lot of time and work, blood, sweat and tears into something to be able to join uh, this event for a higher cause. Uh, one, like I said, to experience growth within yourself and also to do something outside of yourself, because basically when you're training, it's all about you. And, and when you're punching a bag, you're thinking, hey, I hit harder, I'm faster. So you think about yourself all of the time. It, mm -hmm. It's like uh, that's natural for people to do. Like even bodybuilders, they think, hey, my arm's bigger. I'm stronger. In this case, you're just giving something outside of yourself. And I think it's, it's great. Yeah, that's great. I think those are good. Those are good. Uh, good things to, to end on. And we yes. will. We'll. Uh, you know, maybe what we'll do is after after the after the event, we'll do another podcast and we'll talk about <laughs> what lessons were learned from there. Absolutely. Good? Absolutely. Good. Yes. All right. Well, this uh, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this today because uh, we're, we're approaching an hour now. And I think that's a it was a good way to end on that note. Uh, I look forward to this. This Kumite We'll we'll keep uh, everything out here for people and uh, out on yes. my uh, on my platform. And you guys share it out there and off camera. We'll get everything ready and we'll start promoting. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.